grave and the resurrection. I really this morning believe that God is going to put into our hearts a revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how it impacts our life today. How the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just an important part of what we believe, but it is central, it is key, it is core to us being able to experience the life of Christ in us and through us. Here is the Bible quote that we have for today. It's taken from Romans chapter 6. It says this, And since we died with Christ, we know we also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Now, I don't believe in adding to the, what the Bible says, but when we join parts of the Bible together, we can put this truth on the end of those verses where it says, death no longer has any power over him, so it has no power over us. Sure, one day these physical bodies will stop functioning and we will physically cease to exist. But the expression of death, which means that we are separated from God, no longer affects us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior. That is the power of this message, that Christ died and was raised from the dead and now by his Spirit dwells within each one of us. Now, Young Ho mentioned about the app that we have. I want to encourage all of you to download it. And I want to encourage all of you through the week to listen to the messages that God is speaking to us. I, I did that this week. I was not here, as you know. And I listened to Young Ho's message. And I tell you, I was blessed beyond Measure The word of God just filled my heart with power and with clarity. And, and I, I was almost standing up and shouting, Amen! Preach it, brother. If you haven't heard it last week, you need to listen to it. I'm serious. I'm not just trying to, to, to sell the app. It's free anyhow. I'm telling you, it was an amazing message. And it was called The Blood and the Cross. And that's why today our message is called The Grave and the Resurrection. I want to highlight just one or two points that Young Ho mentioned. First of all, we're going to look at this. What is the meaning of Easter? Now, if I was back in England, I would be munching my way through tons and tons of chocolate. Because one of the things that Easter means in England is that we give and receive Easter eggs. And I have no idea why. 
I heard one explanation that says that the eggs, which are usually hollow, uh, are a kind of a symbol of the grave where Jesus was. But you know what? I think that's just an excuse to, to eat chocolate. <laughs> I seriously do. And I say, if you like chocolate and it, you don't eat too much, go ahead and eat it. But for some reason in England, Easter has this meaning, Easter eggs. Or it means Easter bunnies. You ever heard of the Easter bunny? Where on earth did that come from? Someone told me today that, that it was the Easter bunny that hid the Easter eggs. Dunno. I don't know. Was that a South African story? That's a South African story. I don't know. And for some people, again, I know this is true in England, Easter actually means a vacation. Uh, and, and that doesn't happen here, sorry, but in, in England, uh, there, there are public holidays on Good Friday, and so you have Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Easter Monday is a, is a, is a public holiday as well. So for a lot of people, Easter means these things, but really, Easter means this. It is God revealing to humanity his perfect love for those of us Lost, dead, and hopeless. The Bible says this, For God so loved the world. He loved the world. You know, when God sent Jesus to die for us, it wasn't because he felt obliged to. It wasn't because he took pity on us. It wasn't because he had some emotion going on and and it was his re emotional response to us. Now, my friends, the reason God sent his only son, Jesus, so that if we believe in him, we will not perish, but have eternal life, is this, because he loves us with a pure and a perfect love. And that, in essence, is what Easter is all about. And Young Ho was right. We can live in the good of Easter Every day. And I pray that at the end of our time together this morning, that will become more apparent. Now to talk about Jesus a little bit. He was the one who God sent, the Son of God. And I want you to understand this. Although Jesus was the Son of God, he was also co totally, completely man. Man. And as a man, Jesus was without sin. Now, we may find that really difficult to comprehend. If we find ourselves regularly drawn to sin and attracted by it and doing it, we may sometimes think it's impossible for a man not to sin. But my friends, it is absolutely true concerning Jesus Christ. The Bible says this, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This is absolutely true. Jesus Never sinned. Why? So that he could be our perfect sacrifice. 
The blood of Jesus, the blood that Jesus shed when he was on that cross at Calvary, as Young Ho told us last week, it was that blood that paid for the debt of our sin. You see, our sin separates us from God because God is holy. And there is nothing that we can do, nothing that we can do to clear our debt of sin. But the blood of Jesus was sufficient. It says this in Ephesians 1 verse 7, that he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. God looked at that perfect sacrifice and that perfect spotless sacrifice that Jesus made of himself and the the blood that he shed. And in God's eyes, that blood paid for and canceled out every single sin. Now, if you're in the habit of shouting praise God or hallelujah or, or amen, that was a good place to do it. Because that means, my friends, when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and he becomes our savior and our Lord, every single sin has been completely dealt with. Who says it has? God does. This is not a man idea. This is not just somebody on a guilt trip about their sin, hoping that God in all his love will forgive us our sin. No, my friends, God says the blood that Jesus has shed is sufficient and it cancels out every single sin. Now, the cross of Jesus deals with the root of our sin. Young Ho mentioned this. The blood of Jesus deals with the sins we've committed. The cross of Jesus deals with the sinner or the root of the sin, which is our sinful nature. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. So that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. A Christian is no longer a slave to sin because our old sinful nature has been crucified with Christ. It is not being crucified. It has been crucified. And that which causes us to sin, that sinful nature which we were all born with. Did anybody ever ever have to teach you how to do things wrong? Anybody here? You were born so sinless that your parents had to teach you how to do things wrong. Anybody? Of course not. That is evidence that we're born with a sinful nature. That sinful nature is what is crucified with Christ on that cross when we give our lives to him. And God 
deals with the very root of sin. What happens when you destroy the root of something? What happens if you have a plant and you kill its root? What happens to the rest of that plant? It dies. Very simple. One day Jesus cursed a fig tree and the Bible says it withered from the root upwards and it was dead. It bore no more fruit. My friends, God has dealt with the root issue of our sin. Therefore, that old sinful nature is dead. Therefore, we should not be expecting to see the fruit of it anymore. And I'll tell you some more about that in just a little while. That's a little bit of a recap. Now we want to talk about Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. Jesus died and was buried. You know, some people say that Jesus didn't actually die. Did you realize that? Some people say he was just in a coma and, and he wasn't really dead. And so when people saw him walking around after his resurrection, that that was just the same Jesus. Well, history and the Bible tells us differently. The Bible tells us that when Jesus and those two criminals were being crucified to hurry things on, the soldiers came along and the two criminals, they broke their legs. That's gruesome, isn't it? To, to ensure that they, they died, to hurry up their death. But when they came to Jesus, this is what the Bible says, they saw he was already dead. So then a soldier comes along with a spear and he plunges that spear into the, the side of Jesus. And, and out of his body flowed, the Bible says, blood and water. You see, he was dead. The Bible tells us that they took his dead body down from that cross. The Bible tells us that a man called Joseph from a place called Arimathea got an agreement with Pilate that he could take the body and put it in a tomb that was his. You think this man would bury someone who's still alive? Absolutely not. They, they actually wrapped the body of Jesus up in grave clothes. They embalmed him to preserve his, his body as long as possible. You don't do that to somebody who's still alive. Now, my friends, Jesus did die. He had to die in order for him to deal with our sins. Now, when I want to talk about the grave and I want to talk about death, it's not something that we necessarily like to talk about, is it? I know Young Ho does when we talk about baptism. He likes to call it a, a funeral service. But in general, we don't like to think about the grave and we don't like to think about death. But there are some things which are very significant about the grave and about death. First of all, they speak to us and remind us of where sin will always lead us to. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the only wages that sin will ever pay is death. 
And it is because of sin within this world that we experience death. And that grave speaks to us of that death. It also speaks to us of a final separation from God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 that God has appointed to men to die once and then they will face judgment. And the grave and death are like that final separation. When a person dies, there is no longer any more opportunity for them to be right with God. And if they have not given their life to Christ, then forever they will be separated from him. The grave and death is also a point of no return. Now, I know that some people have experienced life after death. They have been raised from dead by God. But for the greatest majority of us, death is a point of no return. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 16 of two men who died. And as they were in that place of death, one of them requested that he or someone be sent back to his family to warn them of an eternal separation from God. And and, and the Lord had to speak to him and said, there is a great chasm or gulf or distance that is set between us and there is no way back. And it's really important that we understand these things about the grave and about death. Because there are so many people who are going through life, through their young adolescent age, ages, through their young adulthood, through adulthood and into middle and old age. And they give no, no time to think about the finality of the grave and what death actually means. But the Bible is really clear. And this is what we're reminded of when we see that Jesus entered into death. The only way that Jesus could die was because he took upon himself our sin. And it was in that place and carrying our sin and the debt of it that Jesus entered into death. He truly, really died. He committed his spirit to God and his physical body died. And the Bible teaches us that it was dead for three days. But, but, he is no longer dead. Because after three days, God in his power, raised Jesus from the dead. There are no remnants of his body anywhere. You can't go and and find uh, small fragments of the remains of Jesus. They don't exist because God raised him from the dead. As much as he was genuinely dead... So he is genuinely alive. He is not just floating around as some spirit. No, my friends, as a man, he was raised from the dead 
And he has what we term a glorified body. One that, as we have already read, will never, ever die again. What is so important about the resurrection? If Jesus' blood paid for our sin, and if our old nature was crucified with Christ on that cross, then Why is it so important that Jesus has been raised from the dead and is alive now? My friend, the answer is so simple. The ultimate punishment, the ultimate weapon that Satan has is death because it separates us from God. And it was necessary for Jesus to overcome death. That we too may experience eternal life. And Jesus was not just raised from the dead. He was raised into a new life. A new and eternal life. And that is the life that he gives to you and I. As a gift. If Jesus was still dead, he would have no life to give us. We would have no relationship with God. We would have no future. Jesus would be no different from any other religious, spiritual person that people choose to believe in who is dead. A dead person cannot give you life. My friends, Jesus is alive. He's alive and he lives within us by his spirit. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17. If Jesus had not raised from the dead, we would be miserable. We would be hopeless and we would still be in our sin. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Death has now been destroyed. Therefore, sin has been destroyed. And the resurrected Christ, his spirit, lives and dwells within us. Let's learn these three things as we close. When we think about the resurrection of Jesus, all of sin's power that was previously over us is broken because Jesus lives today. That means Every sin that you have committed and you will commit, all of that, all of that power to control you, my friends, young and old, it's been broken. It doesn't exist anymore. It has no more power over you. What does that mean? It means we don't have to sin. We don't have to. The power of sin has been broken. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. Read it when you get home. It says this, because you belong to Christ, the power of the life-giving spirit has set you free from the power of sin that leads to death. That was another good place to shout hallelujah and amen. What freedom Christ has given us because he has been raised from the dead and is alive today. The power.
power of sin has broken because the power of death has been destroyed. And God gives us this gift to live in every day. Let me tell you something else. The power of sin committed against you is broken because Jesus is alive. You say, well, people still do things that hurt me. Sure they do. But what that means is this. The sin that a person does against you, however mean or cruel or painful it might be, it does not have the power to control you. Because Jesus has broken its power and he is alive in you. The sting of death, which the Bible says is sin, and the power of Hades are no more. Do we still die physically? Yes, we do. Our bodies will come to an end. But whereas before death spoke to us of eternal separation from God, Because of our sin now, when our physical bodies cease to function, it simply means that our spirit goes to dwell forever with God. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? One of my very favorite songs at the moment is one that we sung this morning, Forever. Our resurrected king has rendered you, death and grave, defeated. You see, we're not just religious nutters who go around declaring crazy things like death doesn't mean anything and, and the grave has got no power over us anymore. No, my friends, we're simply people who are quoting the word of God because we believe it. And the word of God says that death has got no power over us. The grave doesn't control us. Sin has no power over us. Why? Because we're so good? Because we live such perfect lives? Because we come to church service regularly? Because we read our Bibles? Because we pray for hours? No, those things are great, but they're not the reason that sin doesn't have any power over us. The reason is this, Jesus is alive and he's conquered them all once and for all. A lot of people spend a lot of their time fighting against the power of sin. Waste of time. It will never, you'll never win. And there's no need to do it because Jesus has already gained the victory. And now our life that we have as Christians is the same as the life that Christ has. In fact, it is him. The Bible says this in Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and through me. That's the life of a Christian. How can we experience Christ living in us and through us? We couldn't if he was dead. No, my friends, he's very much alive. 
And he very much seeks hearts and lives of people who will give themselves to allow him to live his life through them. The Christian life is not a person trying to be a good person, trying to be religious, trying to improve themselves, trying to get better. No, not at all. That, that would be a crazy, crazy and a pointless pursuit. A Christian life is one simply where we allow Christ to reign within us and live through us. Amen? Amen. Let me read you this verse from Romans 6, two verses. When Jesus died, he died once. Why? To break the power of sin. How many people here believe that Jesus was successful in doing that? Let me see your hands. We'll pray for the rest of you. Seriously, that is a revelation that we must have. That when Jesus died, he broke the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you and I also should consider ourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus who lives in us and through us. Is Jesus alive? Has he been resurrected from the dead? Will he ever die again? Did he win the power over sin? Do you have that same power living in you? Go live it in Jesus' name.